Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. The other day she slept and I got up and left and came back and took kids. She was like, you left? And I was like, yeah, I left. I went and picked up a son and came back from his party. And she, I didn't hear none of that. You know, she was just gone. Don't be gone, right? And you'll walk with the Lord. And if you are asleep, the, the call today is that you need to wake up. You need to ask the Lord, God, wake me up. I, I'm, I'm sleeping in my relationship with you. There's stuff that you want to do, and I'm not even awake to it. I'm just sleeping, just laying around, doing nothing. And then he says, arise from the dead. Are you a deep, deep sleeper? Once you finally doze off, you are out. People often tell you that you are really hard to wake up, maybe even once or twice. You've slept through your alarm hitting the snooze button again and again. In today's message, Pastor Bill talks about how you cannot walk through life asleep or even groggy, almost zombie-like. You need to be alert and ready, fully prepared for life's challenges, able to help others. You can ask Jesus to wake you up and use your life for good. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 as he continues his message, Walk in the Light. I wasn't trying to make my parents happy. I wasn't trying to make my friends happy. My life was really spent doing what I thought I would enjoy. The rules were not, I didn't operate within any boundaries or rules. I did what I felt like this would be fun. This would be, that would be funny. This would be a good time. This would be enjoyable. Then as a Christian, God says, now we're living in a way we're saying, God, what's acceptable to you? Those are my, I got new boundaries now. I'm living within the boundaries of what's acceptable to the Lord. I'm finding out. Where do you find out what's acceptable to the Lord? Where do we find that out, guys? The Bible, right? This is where I find out primarily the Bible is where I'm going to know what's acceptable to God. And that's where I learned everything I know about what's acceptable. What's acceptable in how I treat people? God tells you in the word of God. This is how you treat people. This is how you don't treat people. What's acceptable within marriage? This is what's acceptable within marriage. What's acceptable and, you know, everything that you need to know, what's acceptable to the Lord is revealed to us in Scripture. And so as a believer, has that characterized your life? Do you ask yourself those kind of questions? When you're making decisions, is that part of your decision-making process? God, is this what you want? Would this be pleasing to you? And I think that's important. I I think you parents want to make sure that we're raising our kids to ask those kind of questions that they wouldn't be saying, what do I want for me? Because that's the self-life. That's how Satan got kicked out of heaven. What would he want for him? We want to live and exemplify to our kids and raise them in a way where they would be asking, Lord, what is it that you want? I'm yours. My life belongs to you. You purchased my life with the blood of your son on the cross. And so whatever you want to do with this life, you can have it. And hopefully they're looking at our parents. Hopefully as adults, we're living that way. And then we're telling our kids, guys, this, we don't we don't make plans. We ask the Lord, God, what do you want? Lord, you dictate. Lord, you give direction. God, you give guidance. To my, my life belongs to you. That's what a worshiper of Christ looks like. And so when it comes to relationships and, and entering into those things, it's the same thing. God, is this acceptable to you? Is this what you want? Does this fit within the bounds of what you say? So if I got a guy coming to me with a girl that's not saved, which I had this, you know, last week I had a young guy that I know. And he said, oh, I found a girl, man, I'm really interested in her. And, you know, I said, she a believer. And he said, well, you know, she's, she's Catholic. Pretty much the same thing, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, not the same thing. You know, very different. You know, and so at that point, it's like, bro, is that, that's, not gonna, that's not what the Lord had for you. That's not pleasing to the Lord. You can go ahead and pursue it if you want. 
And you have some extra lumps and bumps and headaches along the way, but that's not God. That's not what God is doing right now. And so those are those are difficult things. Though. But I but I found somebody that I like the way they look and they like me back. Right. So now I got to start all over again. Like, really, you know, and that's what you got to decide. Do I want my life to be pleasing to him? Why would we give God that much say so in our life? It's because of what he did for us. That's why. Whenever you ask that, why would I give God that much? It's because of that. That's why you give up your life. That's why he died for you. He took all your sins, your guilt, your disobedience, your shame, your separation. He took all that off of you and he died for it on the cross. That we would come back to him and say, God, what do you want with this life? You can have it. Whatever you want to do with it. This life is surrendered and given over to you. And in Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul says something similar to the Romans. He says, I beseech you, I beg you, therefore, by the mercies of God, because God has been merciful to you, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, he says, which is your reasonable service. Not a big deal when you do it. It's exactly what's deserved. Then verse two says, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then he says this, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so for those that are saying, God, I want to know what you want to do with my life. God says, well, then first, you know, be a living sacrifice and give your life over to me completely. Don't let this world conform you into its mold or its image. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Stay in the word of God. And God says, then you'll prove. You'll know. Proving means you know for a fact. It's, it's proving it. What is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God? And so God has a will for each one of us. And that's how we get to know what it is as we, as we walk with him in that way. And so he says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Um, that word acceptable means fully agreeable or well-pleasing. And that that should be the goal of the life of the believer. God, what? What is fully pleasing? What are you agreeable with? And I can't find out what God agrees with if I'm not bringing stuff up to him. What would you say about this? Um, some of you guys may have job opportunities, open doors. Lord, is this what you want? Does this please you? Y'all know Satan can open doors too, right? I won't bore you with my story. God opens doors. So does the enemy. And so every, every open door is not from the Lord. And so you got to say, Lord, is that from you? If it's from you, I'm going. You know, But you take the time to ask him. If he's the one presenting these opportunities, if he's the one that's opening these doors, what is acceptable to the Lord? Verse 11. Now, it says it have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And this is interesting. We're as believers. He said, never mind that you're no longer doing the unfruitful works of darkness. We know that that's a given. We're no longer living that way. He says, but don't don't have any fellowship. Don't have any koinonia with the unfruitful works of darkness. And let me give a couple of examples. Would you guys agree it's an unfruitful work of darkness if, if, uh, if Brother Rollo down the way is still in movies? So he goes in the theater, sits there with a, with a camera in his cap, and he captures the full length of film, puts it on a DVD, and sells it at a discount to you in front of Bonds. Is that an unfruitful work of darkness? It's illegal what he's doing. He's stealing from the, you know, blah, blah, blah. So now as a Christian, if I buy it from him, I'm having fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Right. So if you got a bunch of them thin, extra thin DVD cases at home, y'all need to check that out. You know, that's that's exactly what that is. The unfruitful work. He's have no fellowship. Never mind that you're not Rollo. You know, I didn't steal it. I just bought it from him for three dollars. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works. Of darkness, and this you could be a lot of different ways where this would apply. But God said, "Look, don't don't even participate. Don't do it 
but don't even participate. Have no fellowship with it. And so consider your life. You know, what things you're, you're involved in, people you're involved in. You know, I, some of you guys know, I, I buy and sell stuff on the side. And I have at times, you know, I'll be looking for good deals. Sometimes you find a deal that's so good, you're like, what did, what did you get that from? That seems like, that seems like too good of a deal. And I had one time when we were living in our house in Downey, there was a guy, it was when iPads were really popular. And there was a guy that was, he had a bunch of iPads. They were really cheap. They were brand new. I was like, oh, give me three of them. And I remember he came over to my house and I looked in his car and it was, it was a great deal, brand new in the box. And I looked in his car and I saw a Best Buy shirt. And I was like, hmm, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. So I asked him, I said, how are you getting these exactly? And he was like, yeah, I, I work at Best Buy. So me, I got a friend in the back and we just, wham, man. And, and I was like, oh, I, I can't buy these from you. And, um, and he went on. I didn't buy them, buy them from him. Well, some months later, I get a knock at my door. Undercover detective. And he says, hey, do you know a guy by this name? This is the phone number. And I'm like, I, I go through my phone and I, I, I put him in my phone. He was iPad. And I said his name. I won't say it on the, on the, on the video, on the, on, the, on the tape or whatever. But uh, I said his name. You know, he might be listening, trying to get me, you know. And this is crazy, right? So they have been investigating him. This guy was working at Best Buy robbing them. He was robbing houses. And this guy had robbed a house on my wife's father's block. And they were like, so we thought maybe y'all were in cahoots because that was on your, your wife's dad's blog. I'm like, y'all been checking me out. They was, y'all been, you know, they, they in my emails, they looking at the responses. And I'm like, I was, praise God. I said, I, and I fell back. I'm like, I'm not buying nothing for a while. I'm just, it's getting scary out here, man, you know. But, you know, had, had I bought them, it would have been an issue. They had trail. They were like, yeah, we saw you met with them or you guys talked on the phone. And then they fell. They had looked at my Craigslist account. They had looked at my they knew what I was selling and everything else. So I was like, yes, you see, I didn't get them. And I praise God. I'm so glad uh, that it fell dead there. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Uh, But look, he says, but rather expose them. Right. How does exposure happen? One of the things, because you are light, light just exposes darkness. And so you don't have to do a lot. You don't have to walk around, you know, shouting or whatever else. If you just be light, light will expose darkness. It'll show. There are things because you're light in the Lord. There should be some things that you just don't do. Probably the way you talk. Uh, How many of us here don't talk the way we used to talk? All right. If you still talk the way you used to talk, come up for prayer afterwards. Right. So hopefully we don't talk like we used to talk. And the language is cleaned up. And so as a man, if you get around a bunch of other men that are cussing and and saying cuss words and everything else, cussing and fussing and everything else. And you get around and you just don't. After a while, they're like, well, you don't cuss. You don't cuss, huh? That that happens. And then I'm like, no, I don't cuss. Why? Why is that? You know, what is it? You stick out. You go somewhere where everybody drink. You know, I used to drink. I don't drink now. So you go and everybody drink. Hey, you want to drink? I don't drink. No, I don't want to make a big down on it, you know. And after a while, it's like, man, you stick out. You're a light, even when you're not trying to be a light, just light and being that, right? If you love your wife, guys, if you love your wife and you're a man that loves your wife and loves her like the, like the Lord, you'll be a light. You'll be rare in the world in which we live where everybody's doing some sneaky stuff. If you're a woman that speaks well of your husband behind his back and you love your husband and you treat him well, you will stick out. You will be light. Amongst all your friends that are doing the opposite, you will be light in darkness. And that's what we are. It's not something we're like, we're not trying on purpose. We're just being. Again, I say the couple that the Lord used to share the gospel, there are things that they never said, but they were just being what they were being. And it was a light to me. 
And so some of us just being what God called us to be. You, you don't know who you're being a light to. If you got kids, you can be sure that you're being a light to them. And hopefully they're seeing in you, you know, a model for what they're going to want to be, you know, as a man or as a woman. Or, you know, hopefully your sons are seeing father treat his wife in a way. And your sons are saying, I can't wait to give me a wife. I can love her like my dad loves my mom. And, and vice versa, that we're laying that, that, that example down for our kids. You're being a light to so many people, so many places. So he says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. And so he says, look, they're, they're, the things that are done in the dark, the things that they're doing in secret, they're shameful things. To even speak about the things that are being done. And we're talking about Christians here, right? Paul wrote this letter, of the Ephesian letter is written to believers. He said, look, there are things that even believers, there are things that believers are doing. They're shameful. It'd be a shame to even be spoken of. And, and Paul is saying, hey, come out, come out from that. That's not how God called us to live anymore. Now we're children of the light. And so not in any condemning way, but really in a way of saying, if you're a believer and you got all these things that are secret and hidden about your life, I would encourage you today. Today should be for you a day to repent. Lay that down. Right. Christ would forgive you. Jesus. Would, but Jesus doesn't just want to forgive you. He wants to empower you to no longer live that way. And so if you find that, man, I'm, I'm saved. I know the Lord, but I still got all this junk in my life. I still got all this stuff that I'm ashamed of. I got to hide it. I don't want people to know about it. I'd I be lying and covering it up and everything else. God wouldn't condemn you. Satan would condemn you. God would convict you and say, would you repent of that today? Would you lay those things down? Because I want to forgive them. I want to wash them away in the blood of my son. But God wants to go a step beyond washing and forgiving and empowering us. God wants to empower you to walk, to continue to walk in the light, right? God doesn't want us stuck in the dark. And so anyone here that you, as you look at these verses, you say, man, I, I'm, I'm not really, my, my light's not on real bright, you know? I still got a lot of dark things. I got stuff that, that I need God's help with. God is here to help. And we need to bring those things to him and say, Lord, help me with this. I found this, that after I got saved, there were some things that the Lord just took off the top. Some things just went, you know? I felt like certain attitudes just went. Certain mindsets just went, but there were other things that continued to be a battle and a struggle, you know, you know, months and years into my walk with the Lord. And I found two things. One, many times these are things that had deeper roots. They've been around longer. But what I found that was probably more a big deal, more, more important was that these are things that were done in the dark. They were they were hidden things. There were aspects of my life that if I had continued them, then they'd be, everybody would see it. You still you still got a bad attitude. Everybody would see that. You know, you're still getting drunk and partying. Everybody would see that. But there were there were things that were struggles and battles where nobody would see it. This is this is this happening in here, in my own heart, in my own mind. And and those are sometimes places where the enemy can get a stronghold because he's the prince and power of the darkness. Right. Jesus is light in him. There's no darkness at all. And so one thing that we can do if you're here, and you find that I'm struggling with things that are. It may be secret sin, hidden sin, dark things, things that are hindering my life, my walk with Jesus. One of the things that we can do to really overcome those sort of things is to bring them to the light ourselves through confession. Confession is we confess to God. First John 1 9 to be forgiven. First John 1 9 says confess your sins to God. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. That's what he does. But then James 5 16 says Confess your trespasses to one another. And then it says, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. 
So James says, you bring your dark thing, bring it to a brother, bring it to another sister, you know, you know what you are. And just confess it. Bring that dark thing into the light. Say, you know what? I'm, mess- I'm, I'm struggling here. I'm messing up here. Would you pray for me? And pray for them. You know, so when someone confesses their sin to me, I don't lecture them. I pray for them. You know, I believe that the Holy Spirit's already at work to move a person to confess. And confession is an act of willfully bringing a dark thing to the light. And so they confess. And we, you know what? We're going to pray. And God says that he will heal you. Right, he's gonna he's gonna meet you in this. There's so there's there's power in bringing your dark things to the light. Don't wait till you get exposed. Drop dime on yourself. Say, you know, I don't want to walk in the dark. I want to be in the light. So I'm gonna tell on myself because I want to walk in the light. And I would encourage everybody here to find you some people or somebody that in the Lord that you can share with and pray with. And some people are you know they can't trust nobody. Um, that, but that's an excuse to continue in darkness. Can't trust nobody. I have trusted people my entire walk with the Lord. I had one time I had a guy that was my accountability partner and I was, I was sharing with him everything that was going on in my life, every struggle. We were praying every week together. About two years in, I found out that he, <laughs> he had this conviction that him and, him and his wife don't keep any secrets. And I was like, even my secrets? You know, I'm like, what? You know, and, uh, as offended as I was at the moment for those two years prior, it was good for my walk with the Lord. It was good for me to walk in the light. Now, I didn't continue, you know, having that kind of interaction. The Lord gave me some other brothers. I'm like, well, you go on and be open with your wife about your stuff. But, you know, um, that's not my conviction, you know. So but anyway, so we want to walk in the light. You guys, there's power in walking in the light. And don't let the enemy trip you up or deceive you into thinking that that keeping it in the dark. If you keep it in the dark, this is what you do. You keep it in the realm where Satan's like, I got you here. I got you. And the the roots will grow deeper. The the bondage will grow stronger. You bring that thing into the light and it's like, boom, I'm free. I don't have to pretend because I told already. It's what I did. Boom. I don't have to hide nothing. Uh, It's a bondage to walk in darkness. There's a liberty and a freedom walking in the light. Even if you're walking in the light and you're saying, I messed up. It's all right. It's the light, though. And there's victory in that. And so maybe for some of us today, we need to walk in that victory. Right. Walking in the light. Last verse. Um, but last two things, 13 and 14, he says, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. And so one of the things light does is it exposes things. Right. We know that, you know, one of the images we have of Christ in Revelation one is he has the eyes like a flame of fire. Uh, we know from uh, Hebrews 4, 13, that it says that uh, all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And so, you know, God's eyes are all seeing, all knowing. Everything's really exposed already before him. And so it's just getting us to live like that's the reality. There's really nothing hidden anyway. Right. The one who's going to judge you and me, the one who we're going to give an account to, nothing is hidden from his sight. And so we just want to get to the place where we live like, you know, this is what I really am. God knows what you are and that you go ahead and be be real. God, this is what I really am. And I'm going to begin to work from this place. I'm going to walk in the light from this place and and see what you'll do in my life. And so, again, all things are are exposed and made manifest by light. But whatever makes manifest is light. And so light does expose. Light does make manifest things that are there. Last verse 14, it says, therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. 
And so it looks like, you know, you read this, it looks like it would be a quotation from a verse. It's not, it's not a, we couldn't really find a verse in the Bible where that quotation comes from exactly. Some of the commentators believe it may have come from a hymn or an invitation that they would have sung at a service back then. We don't know for sure, but it, it is an invitation. An invitation, it is an invitation to believers. Awake from your sleep. Awake you who sleep, I'm sorry. And so you can be a believer, but be asleep, right? You're saved, but you're not, you're sleeping. I'm saved, I know the Lord, I'm born again, but I'm, I'm not dead, but I'm sleeping in my walk with the Lord. And I'm not paying attention. I'm not mindful of the things of God. I'm not mindful of my life and the impact it has on other people. I'm not mindful of how, how that I need to be a light to people around me. I'm not mindful of any of that. I'm sleeping. You know, if you go to bed at night, there could be all kinds of things going on around you. And if you sleep, I sleep. When I knock out, you know, I knock out pretty good. You know, my wife does too. We had a, you know, the other day she slept. And I got up and left and came back and took kids. And she was like, you left? And I was like, yeah, I left. I went and picked up a son and came back from his party. And she, I didn't hear none of that. You know, she was just gone. Don't be gone, right? And you'll walk with the Lord. And if you are asleep, the, the call today is that you need to wake up. And you need to ask the Lord, God, wake me up. I, I'm, I'm sleeping in my relationship with you. There's stuff that you want to do, and I'm not even awake to it. I'm just asleep. It's laying around, doing nothing. And then he says, arise from the dead. And again, he's saying this to believers that they would rise from the dead. You know, you're living like you, there's no life in you. There's, there are people that believe the gospel and say that there's nothing. There's no life in them. Not living for the Lord, not witnessing, not just there's nothing about them that says the life of Christ is blazing through. me. Be discontent to be that. I, I think it should be a scary thing for a believer to look like a non-believer. If you're spiritually alive and you look like you're spiritually dead, because you might be spiritually dead, there should be a great contrast. The contrast between the dead and the living should be so great, right? There should be, you know, if you're as a human being, if the if the doctors are trying to find out if you're alive, that means you're you're in a bad place, amen. If they're looking at, if they're checking vitals to see is he alive, that means that whatever's happening at that time is bad. That you we can't even distinguish the difference between life and death. We gotta touch a pulse and put hook you up to stuff. If your spiritual life looks like that, that's bad. If it's a question mark, are you spiritually alive or not? That's not, a, that's not where you want to be at because there's too much at stake. Awake from the dead. Then he says, and Christ will give you light. Like God's going to give it to you. You awake, get up, you surrender yourself. God says, I'll give you light. I'll give you what you're like. Right? Your light's not shining. I'll give you light. Right? If you don't, I don't know how to do it, Lord God. Says, I'll give it to you. You just come. You come to him. You surrender to him all that you are. God will give you light. You don't have to work. You don't have to figure out how to be light. You just need to come to God as you are with all that you are. He is enough. He's everything that you need. You guys is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. All your sins need to be forgiven. Jesus can forgive them. All your weakness. God says, I'll give you my strength in place of your weakness. All your condemnation. He'll take the condemnation away. All your sorrow. God says, I'll, I'll replace your sorrow with, with joy. I give you for the spirit of heaviness. I'll give you the spirit of joy. God will, God will do this awesome transformation in your life. God, I'm weak. I don't have strength. His power, his strength is made perfect or complete in your weakness. Everything you need is wrapped up in him. God, I've been in darkness my whole life. God says, this, I will give you light. I will give it to you. And so I invite you, right? If you're, you, you could be here as a non-believer and need to come to Christ and need forgiveness. You could be here as a believer and say, you know what, my life as a believer is, my light is so dim, not really having the effect or the impact that I know Christ wants me to have, but I, I want my life to be effective for the Lord. And so I'm going to invite us today that we would just come 
as we are with all that we are. Let today for let today be a day of repentance. If you need to repent, repent. Don't be ashamed. Be ashamed to leave here and not repent. But don't be ashamed of turning from whatever you need to turn from and turning to the Lord for him to meet you today. Amen. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of Ephesians is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the teachings tab or feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. As we study through the book of Ephesians, has it caused you to think about your relationship with the people around you? Do you love them as Jesus does? Do you treat them as Jesus would? Do you seek to cause strife or do you seek to honor the Lord in your relationships? Paul value unity just as the Lord does. If this is something you wrestle with, you're not alone. And although that may be comforting, it's also important that you strive to live in harmony with those around you. As we continue through this study together, we're praying for you. Would you also be praying for a transforming word? As the message goes out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. Pray for open ears, soft hearts, and changed lives. Thanks for your prayers, and thanks for tuning into to today's edition of A Transforming Word.